This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Lovers, pet friends, pet people, welcome to Best Pets for Pets. I'm your show host, Michelle Fern. One of the best dog books I have ever read. It is so unique, so different. I cannot wait to share it with you. So, hey, stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this brief message. Hey guys, Michelle Fern here. I want to tell you about Carlson Pet Products. They're a family-owned, budget-conscious company specializing in creating pet safety products to keep your pet happily protected from puppy through senior years. They have some great products, pet pans, folded elevated beds, crates, and pet gates. Their pet gates fit any size opening in your home. Most gates have a walk-through door for humans and a small door for your pet to go through. I've had a Carlson pet gate in my home for years and absolutely love it. And best of all, you're going to get 25% off and free shipping. Just visit carlsonpetproducts.com. And again, you'll get 25% off your order plus free shipping with the promo code PETLIFE. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to introduce Tricia Spencer. She is the author of Forever Dogs, Wit and Wisdom from the Great Canine Beyond. So welcome, Tricia. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Now, you're an author, but this is not your first book, but this is your first dog book. It is my first dog book. It was a long time in the making as well. And you've done, what are your other books? Are anything animal related? None of the other books are animal related. I had two books on Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. I had a wedding book. I have a book for the restaurant industry, etc. but nothing that was dog related until this one. And this one took a long time because it was based on my collection of antique and vintage dog photos. I was going to ask you what inspired the, you know, Forever Dogs, your collection of antique and vintage dog photos. I have collections of things, but I've not written anything. So how did that come out from you have this collection to thinking I should write a book about this? I am really a dog person. I've had dogs since I was one. I got my first dog when I was one year old and I've had dogs my whole life and they just are a really, really important part of my life. And I started seeing antique and vintage dog photos that had really clever dogs in them. And I thought, what are those dogs saying? What are they thinking when they're doing whatever it is that they're doing? So I have my collections about 5,000 pictures. There are 350 of them in this volume. I have enough to write quite a few volumes, should I be so inclined. But I began with the dog that's on page 53 in the book. He's a dachshund and he is looking up at his human dad. And I just, I saw that dog and I said, oh, I know what he's thinking. He is thinking I'm in trouble, but I love you, dad. So don't make me be in trouble. And it just went on from there. And then the short stories were also based on dogs that I had multiple pictures of. So I used those pictures and I said, what is he doing at this moment? What are they doing here? And then I wrote around the pictures. 
you know, you answered a question I was going to ask a little later on is how did you get all these pictures? Because there are so many vintage pictures in your book, which are great. And really interesting, you know, because I love vintage anything and everything. I love it. Me too. (laughs) You know, it's you don't think about, you know, vintage dog photo, you know, people that save their photos and there was a dog in it and you happen to, you just don't think that there are that many around or that's something people collect or they would have a lot of, which is why I think it makes your book so unique because, right, people save pictures usually of their family, of you know, the old uh, 1900 photos where they were on, I think, I don't even know what you call it. It's like on a brown cardboard and they're very stoic looking, but usually not with animals in them. A lot of them aren't, but there are quite a few in the book that are the old cabinet photos from the 1800s, early 1900s. They're out there. You just have to keep searching for them. I do all the time. I still collecting. I still enjoy seeing a really unusual dog photo and wonder what they're doing. And most of the text in the book is written in the dog's voice. So for every picture where there's a caption, it's the dog speaking. And the same is true of the short stories. It's from the dog's point of view. There are a few human contributions in there, like from the Marine Corps president's own band drum major, um, because part of the book is fiction and part of the book is nonfiction. And I worked with several iconic American companies like American Express and the Marine Corps and Pennsylvania State Police and the Girl Scouts, the American Red Cross and others. And because they all had connections to dogs back in the day, and we don't even realize it. So there's some nonfiction in the middle of the book and wrapped around with fiction elsewhere. You've covered a couple of things that I want to get into more detail about. The I'd like that the point of view is from the dog's perspective because we don't always think about things that way. Besides the vintage ads, which blew my mind, and we'll get into that later. <laughs> were the pictures the influence for the dog's point of view, or did you just decide, you know, this would be kind of different to come, you know, about this on a dog's point of view? No, the pictures were the influence. I started with the picture in every instance. It doesn't matter whether it was a short story or a poetry or the captioned pictures. They all started with me wondering, what is that dog thinking in that picture? And that's how they got to have their own voice and got to reach out to people. It occurred to me at some point after I had lost so many of my own, which is heartbreaking. You know, we become so attached to them that, you know, what if these dogs who have passed and gone to the great canine beyond could still bring a smile to our faces? So that was the premise. I wanted to do everything I could in the book to bring smiles to people's faces who are dog lovers. Well, from what I read, I think you wildly succeeded. Oh, thank you. But, you know, it's not just your book has a lot of that information, but it's, you know, and a lot of, you know, kind of whimsical since it's from the dog's point of view, you know, stories and so forth. But you also get into a lot of history, uh, you know, vintage ads featuring dogs and some of them just surprised me. I thought I knew a good deal about vintage, you know, especially advertising because I was in that field years ago, but no, I don't. And then the other is um, how some of these 
organizations got started with dogs. So, for example, like you mentioned, American Express earlier. Who knew that one of the, the I think it was their first logo featured a dog. I know. I did not know. And I actually purchased at an auction one of the cards that you see in the book that American Express handed out to their priority users because American Express started out as a transport company and they used a dog because a dog was really, really reliable and true blue. (laughs) And they've wanted that image to be attached to American Express and it worked well. And then the Girl Scouts. I know. That's a wonderful antique picture there. That is beautiful. And You know, it just goes to say, I'm sure dogs were involved with many of the Girl Scouts to beginning, but the picture you have, it's with two girls and I think they're bandaging a little dog. Yes, they're getting their first aid badges, I believe, and the little dog is just cooperating so well. And this this is really very early. These are from 1920. This picture happens to be from 1920. And the Girl Scouts have a really long history of being kind to animals. And so I really wanted to include them in the book. It was a lot of work to connect with all of these companies to get the proper permissions and to ask questions. And it was worth it. It was just so worth it because people don't realize how much dogs influenced companies back in the day. The same for the ads. I mean, some of those ads are just delightful, you know, and they are all dog oriented. Yes. And it's not all dog food. Some of them are almost a little obscure because you wouldn't think, what does a dog have to do with this? And before we get into that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back. Right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Hey, everyone. Michelle Fern here. I have to tell you about this new musical podcast I discovered that's it's not only fun for the kids, it's fun for the adults, too. It's from Wondery and it's Melon's House Party. It's a new musical podcast for the entire family to enjoy together. You can sing along with Melon, who's this adorable eight pound dog with a thousand pound heart and their friends as they have a party while their humans are away. With show-stopping songs, endearing characters, and laughs for all ages, this is one party you won't want to miss. On Melon's House Party, all the objects in the house can sing. From the couch to the fridge, Melon is our ears and eyes into the magical musical world that is right beneath our noses. So be sure to join the adventure as Melon and her best friend Couch go viral on the internet or follow along as Melon runs for mayor of her dog park. Each episode will keep you laughing and singing along. With a memorable cast of characters, Melon's House Party is a musical adventure your family won't want to miss. Melon's House Party is such a fun, whimsical podcast. I was listening to it in the car and just having my own little car party. It's so much fun. Listen to Melon's House Party on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or you can listen ad-free and early right now by subscribing to Wondery Plus Kids in Apple Podcasts or Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. 
Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here, your host on Best Buds for Pets and Catitude. Ben and Jerry's has frozen treats for dogs. I know Nikki is going to love this. He loves a frozen treat. They have two different flavors. One is Punch's Mix, which is peanut butter and pretzel. And the other one is Rosie's Batch, which is pumpkin and mini cookies. You know, I kind of like both of those flavors too, but my absolute favorite is fish food. Anything Ben and Jerry's is always fabulous because the quality is so good and their mixes are so delicious. Be sure to check out more about these frozen dog desserts as well as pictures of all the caniners at the Ben and Jerry's Vermont office at benjerry.com. That's B-E-N-J-E-R-R-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Trisha Spencer about her new book, Forever Dogs, Wit and Wisdom from the Great Canine Beyond. And now we're talking about the section on vintage ads and dogs. So I love vintage newspapers, vintage ads. They're not always PC, you know, politically correct, (laughs) but that's what was history then. So we're not going to get into that could be 50 million shows, but (laughs) it was, but there was a couple of ads that I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, there, well, you can see a lot of these um, kind of ads everywhere, but this one hires root beer. With a creepy baby picture. I know. Why? <laughs> right? The pictures of babies that they drew back then were almost always really creepy. I don't know why. There's no way they had angry babies. <laughs> right. Angry babies. And they have, it looks like a human face made smaller. It's I know. weird, weird. And, <laughs> but it's adorable the way the baby has his head on the dog. Yes. And it makes <laughs> you think, what does a dog have to do with Hire's root beer? I, know. I don't know. <laughs> What do you think? Why did they pick? I mean, it's nice that they have a dog on there and the dog is drinking the Hires root beer. Yes. Basically, because he protects the baby and he wants to taste test everything. And so that's right. (laughs) The doggy knows it's good. That's what it says on the back. The doggy knows it's good. And the baby's crying because the dog's drinking it all up. But you've got to have enough for everybody. So (laughs) it is a, a delightful ad. And it's very old. It's 1800s ad. And I was thrilled to get permission to be able to use it from hires. And the ads that are in the book that are not dog food related, like the coffee ad, who knew, you know, that you would have dogs or the the one for JP Coats, the one for the thread with the dogs on the big wheels. You know, you just don't ever think about companies that use dogs so prevalently. You know, it's just adorable. Yes. And a little bizarre because it makes you think what was going through the person's head to design an ad, especially with <laughs> tasting root beer. I know. Baby tastes root beer. I don't know if baby <laughs> should drink root beer either. I know. So, so <laughs> where, I don't know where that comes from, but... <laughs> That's kind of the, uh, I guess, the huge, huge interest that there is in vintage ads because some of them are just like zany. And they are. You have, you know, your dog food ads, which is fine. There's someone with, I think, dog bread. Oh, yeah. That one was that one is also really, really old, you know, and the and the bread claims, you know, that it'll keep the dog from biting. (laughs) 
I really, <laughs> I really don't think that happened. I don't have a dog that bites, but I have a cat that bites. So I wonder if it's the same, you know, <laughs> line canine, give him some bread, stop biting. And I don't know where. Oh, here, the bulldog garden hose lasts longest because a bulldog protects it or something. I, I, they can't chomp through it. Oh, they can't. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's their claim to fame. One of my favorite ads is the Red Heart liver dog food ad. Because if you notice on that page, which is 137, I believe, um, there's also a photo of two high school girls dressed up as Red Heart dog food, which I found that first. Then I went searching for the ad to put with it because that, that picture was just amazing to me. Yes. Then again, you go, was it Halloween? Why were they dressed as, as dog food? I don't know. I don't know exactly either. In fact, I tried to find them and I contacted the school because I could figure out where the school was, but it was so long ago, there weren't records and nobody could help, but I just love the picture. Oh, the picture is adorable. <laughs> it's absolutely adorable. So just for the ads alone, I think your book is worth it because I've never seen so many dog ads in a collection before and they're just hysterical. They're just, I think they're all American, right? Oh, absolutely. I could say Americana dog related. Yeah. Americana dog related. Some of them, the companies themselves, like J&P Coats, the thread company, they're actually across the pond, but they sell here, have been selling here since centuries. So yeah, they're iconic American companies. The coffee one, they're in Hawaii and you just don't even realize that they're still in existence and have been in existence since way back when this was done. Or the dog text one, the one with the dog text that it is supposed to help housebreak your dog. I had the ad. When I found this company, they provided me with the pictures of the antique bottles and the display. Oh, to, nice. To add to the thing. Yeah, American Express did the same thing. They provided better pictures for me. When I got there, a lot of people who are involved provided, like the Pennsylvania State Police, all of those pictures, except for a couple, came directly from them. And the picture of the um, Marine uh, Major, drum major, James Donovan, who's, bless his heart, when I did this, when I wrote this, he was already in his 90s. And I was so thrilled when the book came out because I was kind of afraid to reach out, but he's fine. And he loved the book and loved the stories that he provided. And I was just thrilled to be able to honor him in the book. Okay. One last ad, because I find this section so interesting. And sure. And so who knew Kellogg's made dog food at one time? I know I didn't. And this grow pup ribbon stuff that they had, and they were very kind as well. When I reached out to them, it took a long time, but we finally connected. And for all of these companies, I sent them what I wrote to go with the ads so they would sign off on it. And I just saw the dog in the ad at the bottom. And does he not look like the original downward dog for yoga? Yes. <laughs> I know. It's wonderful. Okay, let's talk about the vintage dog stories. Because you, as we talked about a little before briefly, you mentioned some, you know, of the companies, the Girl Scouts and, and so forth. And we know that, you know, dogs have been used in the military for years. Which did you find of all the stories you wrote the most touching? 
Oh, gosh, that's kind of a hard one because the seeing eye dog school, that was a really touching story for me. That's mine. That's mine. Oh, <laughs> good. I think because, good. Yes, but tell me what happened. Tell me how that came about. I found this picture. I purchased this picture and I knew that I wanted to write about, you could tell that the gentleman on the on the two, uh, the bicycle built for two with the dog behind, you could tell that he's a, not a seeing person, that he's blind. And I reached out to the seeing eye guide dog school and the pictures that you see later about the real people that Morris Frank and his dog buddy, how they began training seeing eye dogs was so miraculous. And they, this organization does so much good and they have a huge operation and they breed their own puppies. They, you know, and if puppies wash out, they make sure they find them homes. It, it is a wonderful organization. And I guess that one touched me the most because it is a miracle. I titled that section, The Seeing Eye Miracle. And I think it was truly a miracle when Buddy made that trip across that busy New York City street. And it was so early and he did it great. And he protected his fellow, you know, as he was going across the street. It's a wonderful story. It definitely is. Are they still in the just in Nashville? They're definitely still in um, business, the Seeing Eye Guide Dog School. In fact, they're the leading Seeing Eye Dog School in the country, as I understand. And they do great work all of the time. You know, they're always enterprising and, and they're always innovating on new ways and better ways to match people to their Seeing Eye Dogs. It's, it's a great organization. You know, I have to say working dogs as a whole, just they do so much for so many people with disabilities and reading this about the seeing eye dogs and how it got its start and so forth was just a, you know, wow, I'm so glad I'm reading about this and learning more because now there's so many different organizations that train dogs for different things. We kind of almost take it for granted that way back then, it was about over a hundred years ago. Wow. Over a hundred years ago, this didn't exist. And it made, no. life, it made life that much harder for someone who was handicapped. Of course. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing that they do. I, you know, always feel sorry for the dogs when I see dogs that are working and I want them to, I want to know that they're out playing, but I do know that, that they do do that. And, you know, it, it's just such a dual purpose in life for them. And dogs have a real passion for being useful. And that is just a terrific way to, you know, feed into that character of the dog because they they do a wonderful job. You're right. And I've been fortunate enough to interview some um, handicapped, especially vets with PTSD and that have service dogs and so forth. They are working dogs, but they do get, you know, off time. Yes. With their person, most likely, and privacy of their home for the most part, but they definitely get off time. I yes. think I, whenever I see one, it chokes me up a little. I can't help it. It just happens. And that just, to me, makes dogs seem just that much more amazing. 
I honestly don't know how people can live without dogs. <laughs> yes. How? And for people know. that are allergic, I just say, go get an antihistamine. But but I know. Wait, before I get hate email, I understand I have a lot of allergies too. I'm grateful I'm not allergic too badly to pets and all that. But I know you can't always get, you know, one. So then sure. I feel bad for you, but you can still love them. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Buy your you book and there's lots of pictures. Okay. The picture, what is your, the, the cutest picture that you have in the book? And before, in case we end up with the same one again, I'm going to tell you mine first. Okay. I think the bumper sticker with the two pups on oh. auto <laughs> is so cute. That should be made available for printing or something. You know, that, that is so cute. I know those are adorable pictures. And I was fortunate enough to have the two different poses. And I thought that would be, you know, when I looked at it, I immediately thought bumper stickers, because that's where they are. They're just sitting on the bumper. <laughs> I got a great deal of pleasure out of them. As I said, my favorite dog uh, is the dachshund, because that was the first caption that I wrote for the entire book. That's page 53 called The Alibi. And he's telling his dad that he couldn't have eaten the food off the stove, even though there's a chair in front of the stove. And he doesn't know how that skillet got empty. You know, so I, I think he's my favorite dog in the book, even though I have some of my own dogs in the book and that I loved dearly. But the first rule for anybody being in the book was that they couldn't be still living. All of these dogs are dogs that have been loved and lost and have gone on to the great canine beyond. And so some of my dogs who are still living couldn't be in the book, but the very last page of the book, before you hit where the acknowledgements, at the end of the acknowledgements page, there's a dog named Serendipity, and she was the love of my life. It just, I've never had a more precious creature that I had the pleasure of getting to know. She was like the perfect dog. And I miss her all the time. Oh. Yeah, she's, all of those dogs listed there have been my dogs. You've had quite a lot of dogs. I have. I'm more likely to bring a dog home than food. <laughs> just, I'm fortunate to have married a man who loves them as much as I do. So I'm grateful for that. I counted 21. How, how is that accurate? Yes, except for the current dogs. Thank you for doing your part. And I don't know if you do you get all rescues. They're all rescued dogs. Well, thank you for doing your part in helping all these rescues. In fact, Serendipity, the one that is there on page 300, her and her brothers, Lion and Woody, and three other siblings and a kitten were left in a box in 105 degree weather oh. out on the side of a road. And we happened upon them and... Of course, they all went into the car. We found a home for the kitten and three of the puppies. They were just puppies, just babies right away. And then Lion and Woody and Serendipity lived their whole lives with us. Even though when we found them, we already had three dogs. <laughs> I, I don't know how people can do that. I don't either. That could be another show. So, Trisha, your book encompasses so much. It talks about the dogs from the great beyond, you know, from, you know, dogs that have, you know, lived their lives and, and passed on. And it talks about companies that have used dogs, has some vintage ads, tells a lot of short stories from a dog's narrative. There's just so much in it. I think it is one of the most interesting dog books I've 
ever read, and I have read a lot of dog books. What would you tell listeners that are listening that makes your book so different, I guess, besides or maybe in a better way than I I described it so that they want to go, I need to find this book. I mean, if you're a dog person, you do need to find this book. But what would you tell them, Tricia? I think that this book's real claim to fame is the fact that it has more than 350 antique and vintage dog photos. The photos alone, I think, are just worth the investment because you just don't get to see them very often. And these are not just portrait pictures. These are active pictures, dogs doing things. And then I have written them captions in the dog's voice where the dogs can say what it is that they're doing or what I imagine that they're doing. And there's poetry and ads and short stories and pup advice from old dogs to new dogs. And there's newsworthy tidbits and the dog connections, of course, to the iconic organizations and companies. And there's a few human tales like with the Marines, etc. And it's, it's just got a lot. It's got a lot. It took me years to put it together. And I'm very proud of it. It's a fun dog book, I think, and it more often than not will bring a smile to your face. Okay, so everybody listening, check out this book. We're going to tell you where to find it. It is, well, holidays are coming up, but you know, there's always a great time to bring the dog lover in your life a gift. And the gift should be this book. It is really good. Trisha, where can people find your book? It's available on Amazon. It's just been released also as an ebook as of a couple of days ago. So both in the Kindle store for the ebook and in just regular books under my name, Trisha Spencer. And you can find that book and all my other books on Amazon. They're also available at lilacbloompress.com, which is my own personal website that has all of my works. And I am happy to communicate with anybody who wishes to do so. Um, You can find me on Facebook, Instagram sometimes. I'm pretty bad at social media. I don't know how people do it, honestly. Full-time job. Takes a lot of time. The title of the book, I know that there's extra, but it's really Forever Dogs by Tricia Spencer. Yes. Okay. And you'll notice some great endorsements on the book, which you can also see. The book has won several awards and you can see those on Lilac Bloom Press or the book has its own website, foreverdogs.net. And you can go there. And just let you know, our very own CEO and executive producer, Mark Winter, endorsed the book. And this is something he gets asked to do quite frequently because of all of the shows that we have on Pet Life Radio, but he doesn't always you know, agree to it. So that's a big plus on the endorsement. Also, it is. Marty Becker, Dean Kuntz. Dean Kuntz, yes. I tell you a funny little story about getting Mark's endorsement. My stepson, who's also an author, by the way, asked me who my biggest get would be. And I said, Mark Winter. And by golly, he's the one who contacted him for me. So I was so thrilled. I can't tell you how excited I was. And my stepson called me and he said, now, who was the number one on your list? And I said, Mark Winter. (laughs) And he said, okay, you got him. I was just so excited. So thank you. I'll have to make sure I keep him um, humble. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but he's thrilled. He keeps his copy in a special box, you know, saved because his endorsement's on the back. And like I said, he doesn't do very many of these. So I'm so glad. He- and I am so appreciative. 
So the book for everyone listening, it's Trisha Spencer, Forever Dogs. You can find it on Amazon and wherever most books are located or go to the website. Trisha, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Michelle. I've enjoyed it so much. Same here. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show with Trisha Spencer, author of Forever Dogs. I found the book to be so fascinating. There's so much great information in there. If you love dogs and you love vintage things and especially vintage ads, this book is for you. Just if you love dogs, this book is for you. So I'd like to thank my guest, Trisha Spencer, for coming on Best Bets for Pets. I'd like to thank Mark Winter, my executive producer, who does a fabulous job of making me and my guest sound amazing. And thanks to the only one canine in my life at this time, which is Mr. Nikki, for um, showing me all of the wonderful things dogs know to love about dogs. And thanks to my past dogs, since this was a book about past dogs, Mr. Zussi, Missy, and King for, and PJ for showing me the love of dogs. So any questions, comments, whatever, Michelle at PetLifeRadio.com. So, hey, keep listening. We have some great things coming up on Best Pets for Pets. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.